Welcome back to the Bob and Tom Show. We are live in the Napa Auto Parts studios. Happy to be here. There's Chick McGee across the way at the sports desk. Ace Cosby, of course, is our engineer and the auteur of the Ace Cosby joke of the day. Uh, there's uh, Josh Arnold over there. This is Tom speaking. That's Christy Lee. Pat Goddard is right over there, and I believe we're joined on the phone by Mo Rocca. Hey, Mo, can you hear me okay? I sure can. It's great talking to you, Mo. i got to tell you, I um, am such a fan of the mobituary. My favorite is the Vaughn Meter mobituary, <laughs> and, and I, I will let you explain what I'm talking about, if you don't mind, please. All right, so Vaughn Meter was crazy, wildly famous household name for many years. Well, not for many years, sorry, for a few years uh, during the John F. Kennedy administration because he was a stand-up comic. He wasn't a great comic, but he did an uncanny impersonation of President Kennedy. And this was at a time when comedy albums were new. Bob Newhart was really one of the first big comedy albums. It had won Grammy of the Year. Um, the album of the year overall, but the next year, this album, The First Family, came out, and it became the biggest-selling album of all time up to that point, and um, and it was a parody of the Kennedy family, kind of like an SNL spoof. Mm-hmm. If you hear it today, it still holds up, but Von Meter was playing the president, was playing President Kennedy, uh, and he was just everywhere, and then when President Kennedy was murdered, on November 22nd, 1963, Von Meter's career died. And he lived another 40 years, but it was kind of a crazy life um, where he was a living reminder of this horrible thing that had happened. He was pretty much shunned. Uh, And we at CBS News, where I work, found a tape in the archives of him shortly before he died. Uh, He died in 2004, um, basically telling the story of his life and how freakish it was to go from being unknown to suddenly becoming incredibly famous to then disappearing, basically, yeah. like no one wanting anything to do with him. And there's a, is, I'm trying to remember the exact, because the podcast is great, and the podcast is called Mobituaries, and I know the new season's out. And there's a brand new book, which we'll get to in just a second. Yeah. Am I correct in saying he was, was he in Minnesota or something in a cab when he found out that the president had been... He was in Milwaukee. He was in a go. cab on the on. Uh, he arrived in Milwaukee on November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, going to do a gig. I think at like a Wisconsin Democratic Club or something. And the cab driver said, "Did you hear about Kennedy getting killed?" And he thought he was used to people telling him really dumb jokes all the time. And the weird thing, and then he he basically went back to his hotel room. Uh, got drunk, then got on a plane to go back to New York, and he stayed drunk for weeks. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so he and, he was he had already. The weird thing is, is he'd become incredibly famous in, in a short amount of time, uh, and he was already sick of of doing the Kennedy Act. So kind of like a lot of people who get famous and then don't want to be known for the thing that got them famous, and uh, he, he was that guy. Yeah, there's also a famous, I'm trying to remember, was it Lenny Bruce at Carnegie yep. Hall? Yep, it sure was. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was the story there? So Lenny Bruce, um, you know, obviously the great comic, um, and, and it, it may have happened again at Carnegie Hall, but I think a, a, the day after the assassination went up on stage in uh, Greenwich Village, I think it was at first, and he said, I, "I'm not allowed to drop an f bomb on this on the show, I guess." But <laughs> but 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 you I'll, you can fill in the blank. He said, "Boy, did Von Meter get 
mm-hmm. fill in the blank. And <laughs> the crowd, I mean, imagine 1963 and people traumatized and even in sort of an edgy downtown Manhattan club, people were still shocked that Lenny Bruce said it, but they also laughed because he really captured what a lot of people were thinking at the time because that, that was, I mean, he, Von Meter was so well-known and this album was so beloved. And when we did this podcast and it came out, I heard from a lot of people, it was really poignant, that who said, uh, you know, my family listened to that album and after Kennedy was murdered, my father put that album away and we never played it again. Or my father took that album and broke it over his knee, snapped it, that album over his knee, and people it was, were that devastated. Yeah, I can still remember some of the jokes from that album. Cause, hmm. And it was a very exaggerated Kennedy. It was, uh, good night, uh, Jackie. And one of the jokes was the pre- the president going, good night, Jackie. And they're saying good night to the kids. And all of a sudden, they're in the same bed. He goes, and good night, Bobby. Good night, right. Just, uh, it, the just whole a, family was there. It was, uh, But no, it really, as Mo <laughs> says, it holds up. We're speaking with Mo Rocca. And Mo res- wears about 50 different hats. Uh, author now of the Mobituaries. And I want to ask you about one more of those. But you've also got, uh, you've got shows that are uh, for other purposes on CBS, including kid shows and all kinds of things going on in your life. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I you know, I host America's Most Wanted. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I'd watch it if you did, though. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah um, no, uh, yeah, I do a bunch of different things. I do a, a, a show about uh, called Innovation Nation on Saturday mornings about uh, um, you know famous inventions. Uh, but um, yeah, it's all it's 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 all good. But I, I love doing these obituaries. I mean, dead people are really easy to deal with. I have to uh, tell you that. <laughs> They don't have publicists, and you know. And I should point out that, for example, in the in the Vaughn Meter uh, the, in the podcast, there's lots of different voices. You re- you guys really went out of your way to get a lot of people talking about. It. I want to ask you about another series of them involving what the unfortunate event in which a the star of a television show dies, and we've all seen well, this. And then they they make an effort to sometimes continue the show without that person. Well, right. I mean, this was really largely about the. Uh, a dead and disappeared sitcom characters, and it's um it's a, med- a medical phenomenon known as the Chuck Cunningham syndrome. Uh, on Happy Days, Richie Cunningham, Ron Howard's character, for the first two seasons, had an older brother named Chuck who was known primarily for eating a sandwich and dribbling a basketball. I think in one episode he did both at the same time. Um, and this was when the Fonts, Henry Winkler's character, wore. ABC forced him to wear a um, a tan windbreaker because, if you can believe it, they thought that a black leather jacket would be too menacing, too much like Marlon Brando and the Wild One. But then what happened was the Fonz became so popular, um, and it, it became so obvious that Richie Cunningham would go to the Fonz for advice on dating and everything else because, you know, he's got the Fonz living in the garage out back. So the older brother character became extraneous, superfluous, uh, and so Gary Marshall, the, the legendary creator of Happy Days, said there was really no choice but to to vaporize Chuck, to just disappear him, to just um, uh, rub him out. Basically, they didn't, but they didn't bother to ha- to um, to have him go off to the to the military or go off to college. They just had Chuck go upstairs. And never come down. And so they. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it was, it's really like what happens in like former, uh, you know, dictatorships behind the Iron Curtain. Like the sitcom Stasi just came and took him away. Uh, and this happens over and over um, again. Things like this, like um, 
you know, people of a certain age remember uh, the case of the two Darrens on Bewitched, sure. which, I mean, really has haunted a whole generation, <laughs> and where you had two actors to make things even more complicated, both named Dick, playing the character of Darren. Um, and everybody knows that the first um, Dick was better, Dick York, who was like, like really Jim Carrey funny. He was really kind of a, a great comic actor, but he developed a drug dependency, so he was replaced by Dick Sargent. Um, and it turned out that, you know, you really never forget your first Darren because audiences fled after um, uh, Dick Sargent just wasn't as good as Dick York. <laughs> you can read about this sort of thing in Mo Rocca's new book called Mobituaries. And, uh, there, uh, of course, there are also podcasts. Now, am I correct in saying there's a new season of podcasts that has either just... There is. I do, yeah, we, we, um, the, the new season started a few weeks ago, and we started with Billy Carter, the younger brother oh, of, of oh. Jimmy Carter, and which is a great story. And um, uh, I'm going to be in Atlanta um, today um, at the Jimmy Carter Center talking about him. So um, I talked to President Jimmy Carter and to Billy's family about him. And Billy, people, may, if, if you were around in the 70s, you remember Billy Beer. Of course. Which, which was Dan Rather, who covered Billy Carter, told me it was so bad even the dogs wouldn't drink it. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it, it was really a lousy beer. And Billy Carter was this really famous, wacky character. He would go on hee-haw. He would do big belly flop contests. And, uh, and you know, at first, I think he kind of helped his older brother because he was, because I think Jimmy Carter, you know, was was like a Boy Scout, basically, right? And he had been in the Naval Academy. He didn't drink. And Billy was kind of the good old boy to Jimmy's Boy Scout. And he tr- drank and he smoked and he was... Uh, um, a pretty wild character, and then he started. Uh, then he got involved, you know, as people do with representatives of the government of Libya, and he got his his older brother. Uh, it was the ultimate little brother screwing things up for the older brother, and and Jimmy Carter, you know, uh, you know, at, at towards the end of his first and only term, I mean, it, things were falling apart. The economy was in a spiral. Hostages were in Iran, you know, and and Jimmy Carter was being challenged for renomination, and then and in the middle of that, he had to give a one-hour primetime news conference explaining to the nation why his little brother was meddling in the Middle East. So, um, <laughs> but but the, the story is a really is a, is kind of a great one because it turns out that Billy was, you know, a funny, hardworking, complicated guy, and in the middle of that whole Libya mess, he admitted he was an alcoholic, and he spent the last proud chapter of his life crisscrossing the country, um, talking to people who could relate to him about what it was, about their own struggles with alcoholism. So I wanted to tell the full story. And he seemed ultimately like a really decent guy. And he and Jimmy Carter said, look, my little brother had ten, ten times as many friends as I did. Um, and, and he really meant it. So... Oh, we're talking with Mo Rocca. Mo's new book is called Mobituaries. He's also got a uh, podcast series out there. And uh, now, Mo, you do so many different things. When you go on television, do you ever go on live? Are you uh, on like Sunday morning and stuff? Is that? Um, I posted a few times, that, uh, and, and that's basically live. It, I mean, it's pre-taped a little bit. Sure, I've, I've definitely, I've done, definitely done a bunch of live to tape, and and then and when I go on the weekday morning show, um, on any of those shows, that's live, and it's you know, it's, it's definitely a different. You get. I was just going to say, do you get nervous? I, you know, I used to believe it or not, the, the time I would get the most nervous 
um, you know, wasn't doing the Daily Show because that was, you know, before a live audience. But if you really messed it up, you could redo it. But actually, I used to go on the Today Show, and they'd have me go on to do bits about dopey reality shows, like to talk to them about it. And uh, that would make me – I could actually hear my heart beating. I would get – because, you know, you want to – I mean, you know this. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're a couple words off, like I am right now, but if you're a couple <laughs> words off, it, the joke doesn't land. And, it's, um, and so that, that I would find nerve-wracking because you, you, there were no retakes. Yeah, you've, and you, you do so many different things, and I'm, I want to urge everyone to check out the book, Mobituaries, and the podcasts are really well done. And it's just exciting to hear about these these lives of people you, that there were kind of in some cases just footnotes. Yeah, I did uh, the uh, the podcast episode we released last week was about uh, Tom Paine, Thomas Paine, the founding father, who really basically rallied. I mean, he was the guy that explained why we should rebel against the crown, and he wrote Common Sense, which, based on the population, then is the highest-selling publication in American history that basically said, here's why we should be Americans and not colonists, you know, colonists. And, uh, and then, so he had this huge success, it was incredibly important, and then only six people showed up at his funeral. And the, his obituary at the time read, he had done some good, much, he had lived long, done some good, and much harm. And that was pretty much it. Um, and it turned out he had just a really, really terrible personality. And he was, he was just a, he's the guy who, you know, when you go to dinner, only wants to talk about the issues and won't ever give it a break. And, I, mean, I think he, he, he drove the other founding fathers nuts. See, today he'd have a he'd have a talk show on AM radio. <laughs> there you go. You know, he probably would, and he could just go on and on and on. Um, but we um, restaged his funeral, and um, I had a couple friends of mine who are um, Tony-nominated Broadway songwriters write uh, a song for him, and um, and my old friend Louis Black came and did a roast of him, um, and uh, and so we we basically gave him the funeral he deserved, and uh, and I think it was pretty good, and that's in that, uh, that episode of the podcast. Thanks, I, uh, Mo. B- before we let you go, Mo, I, you are something of a foodie. I think it's fair, uh-huh. it's fair to say. Uh, do, do, any Thanksgiving tips or uh, things to avoid or things you're, you're going to be doing? Things to avoid? Um, gosh, other than relatives? No, <laughs> no, no, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Uh, the, uh, um, really, no, I, um, um, I, uh, I like leftovers because I think I like the way they taste the next day. So I would just... You know, I would just celebrate a day later and just grab the leftovers of your neighbor and make that your (laughs) dinner the next day. Just celebrate a day later. Good idea. Mo Rocca, and the book is called Mobituaries. Thanks so much for your time, Mo. Thanks, guys. Good being with you.